Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and I am joined today by my special guest, uh, Jason Inman, or Jowen. Uh, you've seen him on DC All Access, and you've also seen him uh, on his own channel, which you can find a link to in the description box below this video. And uh, if you're listening to this episode, you can find it in the description of this episode itself. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm glad I could finally uh, uh, show up on the, the show. I know we've been talking back and forth about doing some stuff, so I'm glad that we could finally like get together and collab. Completely, yeah. I, the first time that you and I met was at WonderCon this year. Yeah. And what an awesome time. That was my first, that was my second time in LA, but the first time in LA in any professional capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time I was in LA, I was meeting a girl I met online. Oh. So, that was that was an interesting that's, story. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a story, but a different <laughs> but a different show. Um, but yeah, we met at WonderCon, and you and you were you knew me by name, and I was which I was like, oh, <laughs> and you're like, we should do a show, man. And I'm like, yes, anytime, anywhere, any show, and so we've been we've been we've been shooting the shit back and forth, and you said like, hey, let's do this one. I'm like, let's do it, and I think delays. That was your that was your call. You're like, let's talk about it delays. was it, well, it was because I emailed you about the the Civil War delay that they mm. announced. I think that I think the day of I, I yeah, you're like, this I is an interesting you. topic. Let's chat about delays, and I'm like, yes, because <laughs> that is a uh, that is something that has plagued comics for a lot longer than people would think. You know, you just assume uh, it's a recent issue, but. It's it's been around for a while. Like it's been... no, it's 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 been around for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's also interesting to note, um, and this is a conversation we could definitely have. Uh, we we could even start it out this way too. Right. Um. Okay. So you know we have trade paperbacks and we have graphic novels and we have collections of arcs and several of them. What many people don't know were delayed. Right. And the, I guess the fact of the matter is is that once the book is done, once the book is collected, do delays even matter right uh yeah you mean like while it, when it's when it's being released on a monthly basis you know you're you're champion at the bit to get the next installment but years down the road you know like even when you look at secret wars which was played with delays yeah you know it's collected now every spinoff has its own trade paperback you know anybody who's interested in getting into marvel now and not the name but like marvel comma now uh is interested in getting into it can just literally pick it up and there's no play, there's no issue whatsoever unless uh, the only issue that I could foresee for any new fan is uh, a disruption in the art. Yeah, yeah, I think that would probably be the biggest thing is that if the art is completely changed in yeah. the middle. But I will say that that is a factor that is definitely going to be an interesting conversation a couple years down the road mm -hmm. to see whether that affects Mar the the collected Marvel Nows or the collected DC Rebirths because yeah. they have they are sticking to this 
double shipping a month. And um, I know I've noticed with several of the DC rebirths that we've already gotten to the secondary artists. Same with Marvel now. Mm-hmm. Reading that collected, how will that how will that fa- affect us a couple years down the road? Yeah, because you know it's funny we we're used to uh, if, if, when you're talking about huge runs of uh, characters or stories. You know, you talk about. Uh, just these dream team artists and writer combos. You got the Mark yeah. Wade and Chris Samneys. You've got the Bendis and Bagleys and so forth. Uh, the list goes on, but you you have this uninterrupted flow. And whenever you hit a delay, or even when you when you encounter an annual that's like a chapter break in a story, the mm-hmm. art shift can be really jarring. Um, yeah. And, but, but oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that there are there are exceptions, of course, because there are sometimes that. That works. Um, I think one one recent series that did it really well is the New Fifty Two Batman. Yes, because Greg Capullo would would draw and draw and draw and draw until he just couldn't draw anymore. Right. And then when they would take, but he would never stop an issue until there was like a break in the storyline. Yeah. And then we'd get like a two issue arc with some other artist, and then we'd come back to it. Yeah, that is that's one of uh, the best examples of a recent dream team mm-hmm. artist writer combo where you're just like. These guys are not going to stop, but it's it's great how seamlessly they worked in Greg's uh, breaks. Because I remember, yeah. yeah, like after Court of Owls, they did a little like a an, like a one shot, and I remember there were a couple of one shots where uh, you know like they introduced um, like Harper Row, and then they introduced uh, they did like a Mister Freeze story, mm-hmm. you know, just a just a one shot in the Batman title where they're like, okay, here's a little story, and we can totally do an artist shift, and it's not jarring, but then. You know, when once we do uh, you know a six issue run of some story arc, we we got to get back to the back to the main team. Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's interesting thing is I think like that would be the best way to 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 pull it off because yeah. I I think if if you have like a whip crack editor, right, like just plan out the changes, and then I think you can make sure that you know your your main artist, your 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 big guy doesn't miss it. Now. The other interesting thing is I think I wonder uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth, I think, mm. is doing something very interesting. Yes. That with Nicholas Scott and Liam Sharp and Liam Sharp is doing the current day storyline mm-hmm. and Nicholas Scott is doing the Wonder Woman year one. Right. That's going to be gold. Like, oh, it's uh, Nicholas Scott. Her, her art is amazing. Yes. And so is Liam Sharp's. And I read the new one that came out today. It'll be interesting, too, to see for that, you know, talking about going back to the collections, whether they'll split those storylines up yeah. or if they'll publish it as is. As a cynic, I assume that they would want to make two trades out of that. But at the same time, uh, it's it's the same writer, and you you have this kind of, you know, their plan of, of, of splitting up the story, of being like, here's a flashback story and here's the, here's the present-day story. They have to be... Uh, echoing each other in some regard. There has to be some kind of callback to each other. So, I mean, I mean like, that would be my assumption anyway. They do um, They do a little bit. The one that, the, the new Wonder Woman that came out today, and I, and I think it's five, and forgive me if I'm wrong, um, mm-hmm. it does echo back to the Wonder Woman year one that came out, that the last previous issue. Right, okay. Like, so there are some echoes of it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, in the collection whether they'll do that. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing, we're talking about delays, is that what talking about how people forget about it once it moves on. Right. Many people, and, and certainly not me because I wasn't reading comics in the 80s because mm-hmm. I was a little child, <laughs> but um, many people forget that Watchmen 
was a delay. Yes. You know, it's funny. I was uh, we, we were talking about Watchmen not too long ago, and I remember uh, doing some research and it coming up. I didn't remember the delay for Watchmen, but like you, but uh, I remember it said, you know, yeah, like there were there were significant delays. Watchmen wasn't especially well received when it was coming yeah. out. And they, you know, they were they thought it was a little kind of dark, and it had you know, while there were a number of issues contemporarily speaking that were happening at the time delays were one of them where they did it, it, it was almost echoing how it is today where they're like we're doing this event we're doing this this mini series it's about this thing and we've got high profile creators working on it and it's coming out on a monthly basis and, it, and they had they needed more time um it's funny because i don't know um you know when you think <laughs> about oh god sorry again no, 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 I'm just laughing at it. Oh, cool. Well, I was just thinking about how, like, uh, you know, you got you got some delays. Like, um, I was thinking about like the uh, Daredevil, the Target, where that just never came. Issue yes. one comes out, you never see another one in like twelve years. Um, but there are some issues where it's like, okay, there were some delays. Uh, I remember Spider-Man. Uh, Black Cat, the evil that men do, had a huge delay. It was like in three years. One. Yeah, three years where Kevin Smith yeah. was like, well, I have to go make a movie or three. And so he would just leave. And I'm like, this is cool. This is a fine story. But, um, you know, the delay was clearly on, on, on uh, it didn't really affect it. But with Watchmen, I understand where the delay came from, kind of similarly to the mm -hmm. Secret Wars delay, where it's like Assad Rebic's drawing Secret Wars and he and he's clearly working he has a very specific style and he needs to he needs to maintain that same level of quality and integrity and if you ever read i'm sure you've read the like the alan moore scripts that he gave to gibbons about oh, each huge. panel of every yeah. watchman's page and you're like no wonder it was delayed. I'm surprised it even came out with the level of intensity <laughs> and specificity that Alan Moore was like, you you need all these other int elements. And Alan Moore, here Dave Gibbons. Yeah, I need all these elements. Brilliant. Here's my 500-page novel for <laughs> one page of Watchmen. That's right. It really means a lot if you would just do that. <laughs> the, the clock needs to be three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what he's the, the, the piece of food must be on the left side of the panel, not yeah. the right. Make sure that the, the specific type of sushi they're eating is actually... <laughs> Well, no let, me, let me ask you, um, what do you think, um, what, 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 do you, what do you think has been, in your opinion, the worst delay in comic book history? Or what's the one that just really, like, jeeved you or chived you, you know? Oh, man. Because um, I can tell you what mine is off the, off the top. Yeah, go for it. Because I've got a couple where I, delays that I experienced, and now that, I'm so far removed from them. I'm like, yeah, it really didn't matter. At the end of the, the day, yeah, I got an opinion about that. But yeah, let's. The uh, one that's the one that stands out the most to me, and the reason why it did is because I was buying these single issues was the Ultimates Volume Two. Ooh, yeah. Um, because there was a year and like one month delay between issue twelve and thirteen. Yeah. And I can remember going to my comic book shop, like, at, and at least once a month. Uh, uh, Mammoth Comics in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when I was going to college <laughs> there, by the way. Shout out. Uh, right. I remember asking them every month, being like, when is this, have they had they said anything to you? Like, yeah. when is this going to happen? And um, I do think that issue 13 didn't hit as hard for me because of the giant delay. Mm. Now, I have the giant hardcover, and that delay means nothing to me anymore because if you read it all in one pop, it really, it really works. But yeah. I remember at the time reading it, issued month to month to month it really hurt issue 13 yeah what about you uh i think i a lot of people in the people in the chat have mentioned it already but uh i think i have to say dark knight 2 dark knight, oh, strikes, dark knight again. strikes again uh i remember really really looking forward to it you know back when i was like my only 
exposure to Miller's Batman was Dark Knight Returns and that mm-hmm. and, and Spawn Batman. But like I, I, I saw Spawn Batman as Miller kind of being like, well, I'm in, I'm playing in an, in, a, in someone else's backyard. I'm gonna go off the rails and, and it doesn't matter. But mm. uh, but I expected Dark Knight two that to be stupid fun though. It's you know it's stupid fun. I've always maintained it would be a killer animated movie. Sure. Because of how off the wall it is. Yeah. Uh, the art still rubs me the wrong way because I'm like, oh, man. And the coloring is the coloring for me. I'm like, OK, I know. I see what you're good. I see what you're trying. You're you want to play with digital colors. Ugh. But uh, <laughs> but but that delay of I think three months was between the la- like. Yeah, it was three months. And there were only three issues and the issues weren't even that long. And I'm like, what are we doing? And by the yeah. time that we were waiting for issue three, I remember after issue two, I'm like, I was so checked out. I, I couldn't even, I was, I was so rubbed the wrong way as far as art and story were concerned. I was like, I mean, I got to know how it ends, but at the same time, I mm-hmm. can't even, I, I can't even bring myself to care. It was, it, it cemented for me a level of like disinterest where I'm like, it, it allowed me to really look at it and go, yeah, I'm really not even enjoying it. So you could, you could take forever. I don't care anymore. And then it came out and I immediately bought it. Uh, but, uh, and by the way, I think the time really helped. That's one of those instances where I think oh, really? taking some time, I think that three is actually one of the better drawn issues out of the three issues they did. Interesting. Um, I liked his Batman. I, he, I think he made it a little longer too. Like he added a mm-hmm. few more pages to it. Um, but, uh, but that was the, that was the one where I went like, where I started to notice delays, where I started to really notice the issue of delays. Um, obviously civil war was a big, was a big issue. The first civil war, the original civil war. Yeah. Had that, that multiple delay Yeah, between multiple issues. Yeah. They started out with a delay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, here's my thing. I think, and this is my thing for delays is what I would say is that I feel with an ongoing series that. A delay is okay as right. long as the delay is not more than two months. Mm. Yeah, I agree um, with that because I because I you know that you're going to get another issue. You know it's coming. Whatever with events though, with events I think events need to hit their release dates because right. events are all about the momentum and building the momentum. And I, I will say that Secret Wars last year having that delay killed some of that momentum for me. And then with any major event now. When you have all the tie-ins, yeah, you you so now you're you're reading all the tie-ins and you're like, well, wait a minute, where does this take place? Or it mentions something in the issue that you haven't read yet, yeah, and it just gets confusing. I mean, Civil War. I mean, I'm sorry, Secret Wars. I think died on the vine thanks to delays. I mean, that thing I, had. I, you know, you're probably right because that was that was a significant. That was something that Marvel almost never tr- has tried before, where they're like, mm-hmm. okay, everything is canceled, and we're gonna run alternate books for everything we're gonna public like it was almost like a new 52 for them where they're like well here's 52 new freaking titles i was gonna say it was an age of apocalypse for their entire yes it was it was very age of apocalypse for for everybody where they're like everything's canceled but here's a million books in a different in in a in a different universe and not just in the same different universe like an age of apocalypse where everything takes place in the same place Mm -hmm. and they could at least have have a whiteboard where everything makes sense no every every damn series had its own complete continuity with its own unique universe um but when it came to spoiling previous issues and when it came to the main book having man that the when the main book first hit its delay i went here this is not gonna go well because (laughs) because we it, it all culminates into one big 
reveal that will shape the Marvel universe and forgive the term, but you know, irreparably or, mm-hmm. you know, if, mm-hmm. like you've never seen before, but legitimately, I think they were really leaning towards a, a, a change that we were never going to see before. Uh, yeah. But with the delays that came from the main book, then it had a ripple effect in which there were delays in the tie-ins because then you had to stagger them. And then, and, by- then, and then there was a delay with the, was it all new, all different Marvel now then? Yeah. Cause some of those books started releasing before oh, secret wars was over. Yeah. They're dropping books like invincible <laughs> Iron Man, where, you know, the Dr. Doom makes it out of secret wars and you're and with a new face. And you're like, what's happening where they were, <laughs> where Marvel's just like, we can't, we can't wait anymore. We got to publish yeah. books. And mm-hmm. oh, man, it just, it's too bad. And I, my, my issue is when it comes to delays on a core title, like let's say like a, a big event, like Civil War II, right? Uh, Civil War II written by Bendis. Clearly Bendis wrote it, you know, like two, three years ago, put it in a drawer and forgot about it. <laughs> or at least as much as Bendis isn't writing it as it's coming out. You know, like yeah. there are some books where I'm convinced there are some writers who are like, well, I finished like next issue, but I don't know what's happening two, two or three issues later. Uh, Bendis, I know he knows what's happening. Uh, or at least he has like on his legal pad, you know, which yeah. characters die. Mm. <laughs> uh, but uh, David Marquez has drawn the book and I feel like, you know, he was drawing Invincible Iron Man and doing a, such a good job. And Civil War II, and I, so yeah. one of the things that I've been touting about Civil War II, say what you will about the book, it looks pretty as hell. Uh, David Marquez rocks, man. Ever since Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, when he came on the scene, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, can I just say, Ultimate Spider-Man has always had, like, AAA, AAA artists. Like, well, it's Bigley, and then, uh, who was the second guy? Uh, I want to say it was, um, crap. Because it wasn't, wanna, it wasn't Pacelli. Wanna, no, it was the guy who did uh, um, Next Wave. Yes. Oh, Eminem, Stuart Eminem. Yes, is Stuart Eminem. He was the second artist, and then it was David Marquez. Yes, and there was somebody else in between. There was the like a kind of anime esque artist, and I know. Oh that... yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, I know exactly who you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, and but any any change was like, well, it's, I'm seeing something beautiful and great and different and cool, and it's all and it's all good, and it's a it's a level of quality that I've inexplicably come to expect from like the top three selling titles from either publishing house. David LaFuente, thank you, Francisco. There you go. Um, yep. But where I'm like, okay, if you're publishing like Batman or Spider or Amazing Spider-Man or uh, the Avengers or X-Men, you've got to have a AAA title artist mm-hmm. on the book. Otherwise, what are you doing? And it's like Ultimate Spider-Man always maintained that level of quality. And, uh, but my, my point being that, uh, you know, you had Dave Marquez on Civil War II and some of these delays are because, you know, uh, things happen. I think that Marquez had a kid, which... Mazel tov to David Yeah, Marquez. which I totally understand. I totally understand that as well. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, okay, you got an event, you plan it out, it's written. You 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 have this event planned out. If you're going to do an event, if you're going to start, if, you, if you're going to continue this trend of like every summer there's going to be an event, you know a year down the line there's going to be an event. You probably have an idea of what the event's going to be. If you have a writer like Bendis, he's probably already written it, or if he hasn't, he'll write it in over a weekend. It'll be done. And then you give it to the artist and you say, your job for the next six months is to draw this event and then put it in a drawer and just wait until like the event's going to come out. I don't know if that's an impossible expectation, but I feel like when you, you know, ha- I, I think it might be because, um, if you're, if your event is four issues, I think that's totally doable. Mm. If your event is like six or seven, I think that might be impossible because you're asking like the entire editorial staff, all the other titles to work for you or wait on you for six months, Mm. I actually think the solution is, um, have you ever read 52? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, that series is one of my favorite series of all time. It, um, it was and, it was phenomenal. And did, yeah. did Fifty Two have any delays? No delays. Because I feel like it didn't. Delay. And yeah. Okay, so and, and so that's what I was going to bring up because on Fifty Two, yeah, they had four different artists. Mm -hmm. um, weekly series for a year. They didn't have a single delay. Yeah. Um, four different artists, four different writers, but. The thing that kept them on track was that they had Keith Giffen do breakdowns mm. for every single issue. And that basically, you know, if you don't know what a breakdown is, that's oh, yeah. Keith Giffen was like, okay, this panel is going to be a close-up. This You're going to have five panels. He would basically just draw the panels and do stick figures in there yeah. so that when the artist got it, they were just like, oh, okay, all I have to do is draw the pictures because what takes the longest about drawing a comic book is figuring out how you tell the story. Right. Like, you know, medium shots, wide shots, close-ups, flip, how many panels. That's what takes so long about it. We, were, we made the joke about uh, Dave Gibbons earlier probably going crazy off of Watchmen scripts. Yeah, but um, at the very least, they had a grid format. They knew how many panels they were going to use per page. Because yes. writing a comic book is, is a nightmare experience where you're just yeah. like, I don't know how many panels I need to tell this one moment in this story. Yes, and, and, then the, and, yeah, and, then, and then the artist has to figure out, like, well, how do, I, how do I tell this to have the most emotion? How do I tell this to make it look cool? Yeah. So I think, I think with all major events going forward... I think if you had an artist that was your breakdown artist and then and then your regular artist, yeah. that would take a lot of the work off of your main artist. I think you're right. I think that's a fantastic solution because not only does it take the pressure off to kind of like sta to stage your shots, break down your pages, but you also have this co cohesiency uh, or this <laughs> where, where you're like. Where the book, because New Fifty, because Fifty Two, sorry, there's so many Fifty mm Twos. -hmm. I just I can't keep much straight, but yeah, uh, there's a lot. Of them. But the series Fifty Two. Uh, even though there were uh, multiple artists, the book still felt cohesive. It's still like yeah. the art flowed in the same way from page from page or from issue to issue, and you're like, okay, I kind of get that. Even though there is an art shift, it's not so jarring because it's not a completely different shift. It's a mm -hmm. there is some kind of uh, commonality between them all, and it's it's obviously given yeah. the breakdowns. And you and you can see in the collected editions too that sometimes the artists like didn't like the angle they chose or whatever. And so, like, for anybody that would make the argument to be like, well, it wouldn't feel like that artist's book, mm -hmm. well, that artist could redraw and decide to do a different angle any time. Exactly. It just gives at them any time. It just gives them time. It just gives them mm -hmm. the time. It actually gives them the luxury of being like, okay, I see where we're doing with this. And most of the time, if it's talking heads, like, I'm not going to go all, I'm not going to break the mold when it comes to characters yeah. in, a, in a bedroom talking to each other. But if it's a double page splash or if it's a, like, a, a nice landscape shot, Shot, you know they could play with that and 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 really yeah. infuse their own style in there. I don't think that's too limiting or too cookie cutter or uh, or or like you know McFactory mm. for them. I yeah, mean, it just it basically just allows the artist to just draw. That's yeah. all they have to do is just draw. Yeah, they don't have to they don't have to then yeah break it down and come up with mm -hmm. everything else because it's basically like okay, I want you to draw an entire movie, but I want you to be the director, the DOP, and the lighting mm -hmm. guy. Figure out how because it's you know there's there's so much. There's so much that goes into it, and it's literally like three people <laughs> who have to who have to show this 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 yeah. epic tale. It's kind of amazing. Is there? Uh, I want to ask you another question. Is there a book out there? Is there a comic book out there that has never finished that you really want it to? Oh, um, I've always wanted to see what happened with Image United. Me too. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other one, and I'm sure this is probably another one, is All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. 
You know, I want to see that one finish too. I want to know how it how Miller was going to dovetail it into Dark Knight Returns because, you know, as you as you know, it's all part of the Millerverse. Frank's got a whole yep. cohesive world that includes Spawn Batman and Year One and uh, DK Two and DK Three, I guess. And you know, there's uh, but I'd love to see how All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder worked out, especially because for me. I love Hush. It's one of my favorite uh, Jeff Lowe oh, easily. Uh, yeah. Bat books. But I think All-Star Batman and Robin might be some of my favorite Jim Lee Bat art. You know, I will give you that I like that story a lot. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like that story a lot is that I think is because of the art. Um, that, that book does get kind of a bad rap, I think. And it does. It gets a bad rap that it doesn't deserve. Mm. Um and I would love it because I remember when they announced it that they were going to finish it and they were going to call it All Star Batman and Robin colon The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I makes agree sense. with you. I agree with you. Some of that, those pages, like especially like Robin hopping on the ch- the train. That, that's stuff like that. that elevated train shot is like one of the best images of yeah, Robin. Yeah, it's, like, it's like some of the best stuff Jim Lee's ever drawn. Yeah, yeah, I, and I guess that's just because he was just so jazzed to be working with Miller and to be drawing this kind of this mm-hmm. universe and. And to just go all out because it's very, it's very noir. It's still very, it's very like Sin City, but with with Jim Lee's style, which is something you never get to see. Yeah, it really, it really works. It really works hardcore. The, yeah, I think you, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed you. it that Jim Lee just had fun. He's like, I'm working on Year One Batman yeah. with the guy who created Year One Batman. Exactly. Those Gordon pages where Gordon's on the docks and he's just he's got the collar up and he's smoking and he, he like reflection in his sun, in his glasses and. The rain's coming down. You're just like, yeah, like this art is phenomenal. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I would love just to see that. I, I would love to see how that turned out. I mean, the staging of the of everything really worked out. I mean, it's it's interesting because you've probably also read Miller's scripting for it, where he's like, okay, Jim, we're yeah. just gonna make him drool over Vicky Vale here in this shot. Go for it. I have that director's cut issue of All Star Batman and Robin One. Yeah, when he's just like, yeah, make yeah his description of Jim Lee is like, yeah, make. Make everyone in the comic book world drool over Vicky Vale. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember picking that up for the first time and just being like, "What are we? Wow!" Like, I've never seen, and I've seen Jim Lee drawing since his X Men days, and I'm like, "I've mm-hmm. never seen a, I've never seen him draw women like this in my life." It's, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, God, yeah. The other, the other image for Jim Lee for me, just making it, just linking it with Batman and Frank Miller, is that alternate variant for dark knight 3 the master race image of hit of batman and carrie kelly robin oh yeah yeah yeah. i have that i actually framed that i put it up on my wall that's all that was my (laughs) this is this is the difference like you have it on your wall this was my cell phone background for a while oh nice (laughs) just just the sketch cover and then it was colored and i'm like oh this is amazing (laughs) just to show you how much of a nerd i am uh and this will give away this will this will time date this video forever this is my lock screen that's Oh wait, it went to black. All right, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> oh, nice, Super blue Superman. I love some electric Superman. That, Sorry for showing you the black. That was no, like it's a tease. that was all right. Um, Just the reflection. Yeah. God, super blue, blue Superman. I'm yeah. amazed I, that Grant Morrison put up with that for as long as he did when he was doing Justice League, where he's like, "Yeah, no, let's go for it. I'll run with it." Dude, I have some love for Electric Superman, and he's another one that he gets a bad rap. And that's why I loved, uh, and this will be spoilers for last week's Superwoman. Okay, yeah. I loved that Lana Lang is the new Superwoman, and she has 
red electric Superman power. You know, I I didn't want to. I I I got more of a binary from Marvel image for her, but now that you mention it, that really is just that. Well, all you that's electric do, red Superman. Yeah. All you got to do is look at her. Her her shield is the electric. Is the electric shield. S? Yeah. Wow. That. I can't believe I didn't notice. Now that I'm not going to spoil the other thing that happens in that book. No, but, no, yeah. But but when I opened up that book and I read that, I was like, oh my god, you guys figured out a way to bring back Electric Superman, and by making it Lana Lang, it makes it cool. It makes it cool and not disruptive. It doesn't like yeah. all of a sudden we got to have Superman be blue and electric again. Like we, mm. I liked they did it. They they, they did a, a cool reach back for Electric Blue Superman when. This is a long time ago, I think, when they brought uh, Livewire in and she was trying to reform and she mm. needed a containment suit. So Superman goes to the Fortress of Solitude. I remember that. Yeah, and he yeah, gives yeah. her that and she like alters the S to become an L. I was like, that's really mm. cool. Wait, He's like, wait a minute, an you needed a containment suit for electricity powers? I think I have something in the Fortress for that. Like, that's I want to really cool. point out somebody in the chat just said, uh, Fat Snorlax says, why do I get the feeling that Jason is a DC apologist? LOL. Oh. Uh, I'm not. I just speak up for what I like. That's what it is. It that, doesn't matter whether it's Marvel, Image, or anything. I that, speak up for what I like, and I don't care how stupid it is. No, that's respectful, man. Like, I, uh, it's easy to make fun of the silly eras of comics, and it's harder to back it up or to mm -hmm. or to or to come to its defense. Um, here on this channel, I, I, we will, we will often point out the flaws, but every as at every turn, if there's an opportunity. Especially if I liked it, or if I still mm -hmm. think there's some there's some value, you know, you gotta you gotta speak up for it because. Well, what do, what do you like? Yeah, because I, I have a lot of love for Electric Superman. Um, I love the Age of Apocalypse. I'm trying to think of like a stupid Marvel thing. I I mm. love '90s Wildcats. Like <laughs> yes. crazy love them. I prefer '90s Wildcats. I prefer yeah. the yeah. I, I prefer that era of of Wildcats because I'm like, man, when is DC gonna pull them back and make a team out of that? Dude, I I have um, I won't tell you what it is, but because uh, it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But uh, every time I get the chance to see Jim Lee, I'm literally like, hey man, here's my Wildcats pitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now let me ask you a question, just because when when else am I gonna get the opportunity? Does he ever? I don't want to ask like anything uh, you know spoiling or or, or or groundbreaking, but does he ever kind of wish that he could draw Wildcats again? Does he ever go, you know, I do miss Maul and Grifter and and and. Uh... Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know because he's he's never brought it up. But I will say that um, his assistant Eddie Choi, who's a really really cool dude, mm -hmm. um, he has a, a a cubicle right outside Jim Lee's office, and on the top of his cubicle are all are statues like twelve a uh, twelve inch high statues of all the Wildcats. Wow. Yeah. I so there's a, there's a lot of Wildstorm love around the DC office, and like I love Wildstorm, and so that's why like every time I see it, I'm just like, oh hey, cool, I love those too. Yeah, yeah. I was always I was a big Team Seven fan. I uh, I like Team Seven too. Yeah. I thought they were really cool. I was like, this is a cool like kind of uh, mix of Sergeant Rock and '90s comics. <laughs> Did you know they're finally reprinting uh, Gen 13? Really? Like the Brandon yeah, Choi. Like I think it was in the November solicitations or the December solicitations. No shit, I did not see that because that's what that was the other thing I was going to say was I read a lot of Gen thirteen mm -hmm. back in the day. Uh, yeah, like like you know comic books like originally for were for kids. Yeah, and and if you if you think about comic books like the idea that these people put on these tights and run around is 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 kind of silly and stupid. Mm -hmm. 
you know yeah, so that's it's why, objectively like, stupid like yeah if you if you took it upon yourself to go out and help people you wouldn't then like put on a leotard to do it first you would just go do good it would, you don't need to put on some kind of ridiculous flashy outfit to do good mm-hmm. you could just you could just donate money or or volunteer or whatever yeah so so it's like the crazy the crazy stupid stuff sometimes a lot of it is fun and 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 there's there's nothing wrong with that like when i was in high school i read a lot of spawn Oh, yes. Oh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about Spawn. I read all the way up to issue 100, and then I went, okay, this ride is over. (laughs) That's where I checked out, too. Because it was a perfect jumping off point, because, okay, so I'll I'll get back. Don't let me derail you too much, because I want to get back to that point. But that was a perfect jumping off point, because it was clearly like, we could end Spawn here, but we won't. I like Spawn a book with a lot of delays. Yes! You know, well, Image, a company with a lot of delays. Oh, man, Image. But, uh, uh But, yeah, but like, yeah, Spawn, like, I, I loved it in high school. And I, I had the action figures. I buy all the action figures that they made and stuff like that, and I went to see the Spawn movie. Oh, yeah. But, like, I'm the first to admit I tried to reread Spawn a couple years ago. It does not hold up. It does not. We did a whole, we did a two-part back issues on Spawn when we first started this channel, yep. and we still get people because it's because it's Spawn, it's tagged as Spawn. People still will come find mm-hmm. the episodes where I'm like, okay, guys, I read a lot of Spawn in high school. I drew a lot of pictures of Spawn and capes cool and chains. Look. It's so great. I okay. So here's here's an apology. Here I have my Spawn Batman poster up that I nabbed from a Wizard Comics recently. Hey, that's um, good. But like. Okay, I love Spawn, the image, and when I was reading it, I thought it was so deep and so awesome. I'm like, I, I love the cartoon, which I thought the was... Cartoon, the cartoon, I think, is probably the best version of Spawn. It is. It's a great... It's it, it's like, for me, it's like Earth, or, uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, where it's a distillation of everything that's good into a into a pure product. Um, similarly, the Max cartoon was like, hey, here's everything that's yeah. from that universe, but we'll distill it into a short-form like beautiful, pure, cool looking product. And it will just represent everything that you like about this product. Um, but that Spawn cartoon show rocked. But yeah, we, we when we talk about it, I'm like, okay guys, I, I grew up with Spawn. I read a lot of Spawn. I have a lot of issues of Spawn. I went back and reread it. I thought it was very deep. It's really superficial and kind of dumb. And people get real mad at me. <laughs> to the point where people still get mad at me. They'll find the episode. They'll go, oh, this guy's going to talk about how awesome Spawn is. And then they watch it. And then they just freak out. And I get like, like you should do it. Yeah, they're like, yeah. what are you talking about? Spawn's the greatest. Did you know that he gave up his soul to be with his wife? I'm like, yes, I get the premise. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of dumb. And, uh, and, and the pseudo-religion that's involved where it, it it doesn't quite go there but it claims to because it has highfalutin hellish mm-hmm. arts and it's no it, it's yeah <laughs> it, it's silly it's fun i get it and it's a perfect if you're a 13 year old boy spawn will hold up a hundred percent i think yeah, i think you can, that's who it's made for exactly it's it's made for people who think that spider-man in a big cape is awesome mm-hmm. uh <laughs> it's also the reason why it's the same reason why and I found this across the board, and some people, there are some diehard X-Men fans. Yes. But most people grow out of the X-Men because it's it's the perfect teenager comic book. 
Oh yeah, because no one will ever understand me, and no one will understand me, and I'm special, and I'm different, and what can we do? And, yeah, you know, we have um, to be proactive without actually ever affecting change or being yes, proactive. Yeah, because the X Men can never make humanity love them, because if they do, the comic book is over. Exactly, it's the same. It's the same thing for Daredevil. Like Daredevil yeah. has to be miserable. Do you want to watch? Do you want to read six issues of him eating a sandwich and going to church and having a nice time? Like, no, you want to see this guy get kicked in the in the face all the time. X Men mm. can never succeed. Like, do they work as and and their story arcs? They only got worse as they go. Like their big yeah. their big events. Because mm -hmm. like I think Age of Apocalypse is kind of like the last X event. Because after that, where do you go? You know, like because it's not the last X event by any stretch. No, of no, I, I was trying to think, think about like yeah, where do you go? Like if there has been a better X Men event? Because like because you got God Love Man Kills in the '80s where it's just like mm -hmm. okay, we 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 hit it directly on the nose. What the X Men represent as far as uh, politically speaking and socially. And social responsibility, like this is a this is a metaphor for religion, according to Chris Claremont, in this one mm. thing, and then you just go forward with that, and then you go, okay, well, I guess we'll do cosmic stuff with Phoenix, and we can step away from the the, the political and and explore who these people are. But at the core, it's still these people who are like, I'm damaged, and no one will ever understand yeah. me, and I'm I'm unique and special, and that's why, whenever you see the X Men, everyone's favorite iteration of X Men, uh, I I am very very challenged to find the people's favorite version of a character or costume is when they were all unified, when they all had the same costumes. No, everybody liked X-Men when it was like a team of people who could all have their own solo book because they all had very, very distinctly unique costumes. Yep. Uh, Gambit never wore like an X uniform. I mean, he did. He had like a yellow one at one point, but he still had that coat. <laughs> um, but he like, you know, everybody could, you could literally spin, like Jim Lee's X-Men, you could spin any one of those characters in their own book because they looked and acted so different and unique from each other. Um, but yeah, you were saying X-Men is a perfect book where it's like, yeah, 13, I'm a 13 year old boy or girl. This is a comic book for me. But when you turn yeah, like, and, and you know, and if you still love X-Men into your adulthood, there's nothing wrong. With no, absolutely. There's, there, there, look, even in Spawn, you can find elements to enjoy. And the fact is, as we, as you were saying, like, look, Electric Superman, you got, you got affinity for that character. Uh, you know, you find your, your joy where you can. And, and, uh, you know, when it, if it's a truly timeless book, like there's going to be stuff in there that you can, that you can mine for your own, for your own joy yeah. in any generation that you're in. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think that was a good, that was a good little wrap around on the X-Men. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, well, let's, we're talking about delays. Yes. Uh, I wanted to bring up one that I think is one of my favorite comic book series of all time. Okay. Um, that had a humongous delay in it. Mm -hmm. But when the last issue came, I, I I loved it. Right. It was still worth it. Planetary. Ooh, Planetary. Good call. Because Planetary 26 and 27 had a three-year delay. Yeah. Yeah. But the the 27 was oversized. Right. I think it was like 40 pages. Mm -hmm. And even though it had been three years since that finale, uh, because I think John Cassati was doing, um, I think he was doing uh, Astonishing X-Men at the time, and that's the reason why it was delayed. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, because he got the Marvel paycheck, and he was like, this is much more than that Wildstorm paycheck. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but I that final issue hit, and I read that issue, and I felt it just as strongly. Wow, as I had, you know, and I, I and that's still one of my favorite series of all time. Now here's a question. Now, um, have you reread it since then? Collected and and had the like, have you yeah. read it all beginning like, cover to cover? Mm -hmm. um, would you say the what was what would you compare the experience to, having experienced the delay and then finished it and then read it all together? Like, is there what did the artificial delay 
make it in some way more impactful. Because um, when I first read Preacher, for example, mm. uh, a friend of mine gave me the first volume when I was a sophomore in college. He was like, here you go, here's volume one. There's nine volumes. For four years, I collected those volumes of Preacher. I never finished Preacher until I, until I, until I think a week after I graduated from college, I went into wow. the apartment and I read volume nine. It took four years to read Preacher. And I'm so glad I did take that time that I didn't just sit there and read them all in one sitting mm -hmm. or, or over a weekend. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I had that time. Would you say that was this a similar experience or are you glad that you finally have it all collected? You know, it's weird. Um, I'm glad that we have it all together because it really reads very strongly. Uh, Planetary is one of these books that it takes about nine issues until you get it. Mm. Um, and so you, for that, I think you have to read it collected. Right. But I will say that um, the delay, when I was reading it in the single issues, the delay, um, yeah, did kind of make that last final issue, like, mean more. Yeah. And then also reading it since collected, the last issue kind of seems as, like, this weird epilogue that's kind of separate from the rest. Okay. But it makes it stronger because it is. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's hard to describe. Like Planetary is a is a hard book to describe. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> true. Read it. That's, read it. <laughs> but read it. Yeah. But pick it up. It's yeah. That's the thing. Is that sometimes the delay will will result in unexpected things. Secret Wars. You got an extra book out of it. Yeah. And that book was double sized. Yeah. Um. And you know what? I'm sure that if I'm sure that if you if you missed all of that entire series and now go pick up secret wars it probably reads awesome i uh i did i reread it collected uh secret wars together reads a lot better collected yeah like all of jonathan hickman's work yeah well the, uh, well if you're gonna read uh hickman you know i guess you have to start with his run on fantastic four and then just go all the way and you gotta read infinity and you gotta read yeah you uh, have to go all yeah yeah see that's the, that's the weird thing about secret wars and this is no spoilers is that you don't realize till the end that it's essentially his epilogue to his Fantastic Four run. Exactly. Now that I I kind of saw that coming from like when Reed when Reed loses his family in the ship, I'm like, Secret Wars is a Fantastic Four book about Reed and Doom, isn't it? <laughs> oh, see, I didn't see it coming until the last issue. So I was that's, like, that's funny. I was like, there's no way when uh when when T'Challa goes to the island of Agamotto and gets the mm -hmm. the other Infinity Gauntlet, I'm like, <laughs> I go, this is all cool, but it's it's not going to end with a fist fight with Doom and T'Challa. It's going to end yeah. with Reed, and in, and in fact it did. And it ended with Molecule Man, who was kind of tied in intrinsically with Doom because of the C original Secret Wars book um, from 84. And, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I la <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, Secret Wars, Owen, we Owen Reese, Secret Wars. Uh, the, the whole, I'll, I will tell you this, that that was the thing that always knocked me out of that story, was I was always, the whole Molecule Man thing, mm -hmm. I was kind of like, I don't, what are you doing? I, I, for me, I like, I liked the idea, but it was clear that Hickman was kind of like, taking his ideas and running with them like mm -hmm. molecule man should be infinitely infinitely powerful because he can control molecules but at the same time you know the idea that if you collect all the molecule men you can have the power of gods and then you have mm -hmm. to slay the beyonders and then there's the then you have to have Rickman make up the whole there are beyonders beyond the other beyonder despite yeah, three that... retcons for beyonder <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah uh Omar Omar brought up this point in the chat. He said, "Was Final Crisis delayed?" I don't remember. I think it was. I think it had to have been, but I think that the the Superman 3D story probably filled in the gap during that period. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think it's exactly yes because they did take a break in between 
the middle of the series, and that's exactly what they did. They put that Superman Beyond in the middle. Yeah. And, by the way, supplemental, and I'm sure that, um, what's his name? Uh, Graham Morrison had every intention of using it anyway. But uh, yeah, you you because you, you can't read that story without reading the Superman Beyond, no matter what. No, exactly. It's it, you so. need it because <laughs> it explains where Superman went. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Final Crisis. Good question about that one. Um, but what's interesting is okay, so we're talking about you know modern delays. I I don't remember, and I try to look it up because uh, Secret Wars, the original one from '84, was that delayed? Twelve issues. I don't think there were any delays. Okay. But it came out, you know, you know, I, there, there had to have been delays, but I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't remember anybody complaining about it, but then again, it's like 32 years old. It was old. all about the toys, Sal. It was all, it was about, all the toy. about the toys. That was a toy commercial in a big, bad way. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> like, like Spawn, I love that. I love that series. That's, un, that's pure, unabashed comics for me. It's like, let's take all the action figures and put them on in your bathtub and have them fight each other. That is exactly <laughs> what Secret Wars is. And it's, I, I don't even think it made any pretenses about what it was. And you even got some cool stuff out of it. You got the Ben Grimm change. You got the symbiote. You got, uh, you know, you got the X-Men being single-handedly defeated by Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of fan service in that. Uh, in that see, series. the weird thing about that Secret Wars is uh, I recently reread it for our podcast history lesson, mm. and um, Magneto and the Wasp flirting is very weird. It's very weird. That doesn't make sense. It's very weird. She's just so drawn to his animal magnetism. I don't know. Oh, it, it's the red. It's the red and the purple. Yeah. He looks classy. For me, the takeaway for that book is that Colossus makes time with an alien uh, lady. He does, and like. So much so, we talk about this in our episode of Back Issues, where we just made fun of it, because, like, at the end of the episode, just uh, one of my co-hosts just goes, like, the real secret to Secret Wars is that Colossus slept with an alien chick and, uh, and cheated on Kitty Pride. And I'm like, yeah, but Kitty Pride was also underage during that time, so they're probably trying to argue <laughs> to get him to try to distance himself. Once they once they established how old she was and how old he was, they were like, we got to end this relationship fast. How are we going to do that? Oh, uh, alien girl. <laughs> well, the other weird thing about that, too, is that doesn't Iceman get jealous? Uh, well. human does he get no Iceman isn't there I think it's Human Torch because Human Torch oh I'm, I'm, I'm right but yeah that's Human yeah they're yeah. interchangeable to me no well you know what it is <laughs> <laughs> this is it's, this is not what it is but you know what it is uh, they made an action figure Iceman for the Secret Wars action figure line but not a Human Torch but Human Torch appeared in the in the, car, in the comic that's right because that's back at the time where they thought that kids if they saw the Human Torch would just light themselves on fire the, yeah like well, well yeah when they made the uh, the original Fantastic Four cartoon in the sixties. They replaced him with a robot named Herbie. Herbie, and although I love Herbie, they kept Herbie around though. They kept they, they kept that idea of like no, a sentient robot with a four on his like floating tummy is a really good idea. Let's keep Herbie around. It's just around. as cool as a guy who lights on fire. Yeah, it, yeah people, <laughs> kids are gonna love it. Trust me. They're <laughs> yeah, they well they you know it's funny that's a carryover from kids being or from parents being afraid the kids were gonna put on a, a towel around their neck and jump out the window thinking they could fly like Superman. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, that's like any ridiculous parent, like helicopter parent concern. Like, <laughs> no, no kid's gonna. If a kid manages to light himself head to toe on fire because he tries to be Human Torch, that is, no. There's something. There's something wrong with the parenting, right there. Yeah, that's what that is. Stan to be like, what a hell of <laughs> that's a hell of a publicity stunt. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so uh, what's another delay thing that I wanted to bring up? Uh, do you feel that? there is kind of a promise not to delay or that there's an expectation that they will delay at this point where it's like whenever they announce a big event i always anticipate some significant delay yeah is that 
Is that cynical or is that just like seasoned? Is that just like, um, yeah, I think you would have to be naive to assume that there won't be a delay, even though they'll announce it like way in advance and have every all their they, they seemingly have their ducks in a row. No. You know, I will think um, again, it goes back to that thing where I think it's it's the events. I think I think I think there's no way you can have an event now without a de- de- delay. Mm. But I think there is a promise of the regular series coming out on time. Right. Now, the downside about that is that the thing will happen, like we talked about very earlier in the show, about like how because of that, because it's become assembly line, there will be random artists thrown into the book. Yes, that's true. And that's to the detriment of the book, I think. I think you're right, because there is a momentum, even with a monthly series, mm. where you have an expectation, even if it's not a written promise, Yeah, where you're going to have consistency in your book. And if there, if that consistency is broken it should be for at least a narrative reason. Because while we're dealing with businesses, dealing with multi-billion dollar properties now, uh, you know, they're, they're storytellers. And their their obligation, while it also while it is to their bottom line, it's also to telling a cogent and enjoyable story. And part of that, in this medium, just like any medium, delivering on every facet of their execution, is like, a consistent writer and a consistent artist making some, mm. making at least a complete story. Um, I remember being really surprised during uh, Superior Spider-Man when Ryan Stegman left the book suddenly, and I'm like, "What? Yeah, what the hell happened?" <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's 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 interesting because um, comic books is a publishing yeah. medium. Yeah, that it, it, it's so weird because when you look at a TV show, mm. you know, if, if the Flash was to suddenly be like on on the Thursday before the Tuesday night episode. If the Flash was suddenly to be like, oh, we're not airing that episode because we haven't finished it. That would be un- um, that would be inexcusable. <laughs> it, yeah, it would be basically inexcusable. So it's kind of, to me, the same way. And, and if you notice, um, TV shows plan their schedules accordingly. Like, right. we always get the flat. We, we start in October, and we go to November, and then there's, like, a month break. Yeah. And then we, and then we come back for, like, Six more weeks, right? And then there's another month break, and then we go all the way to the end. And yeah. to me, I think it would be smarter for all the publishers to just plan their breaks accordingly. Yeah. Like if you, yeah, if you know that by issue five your artist is going to be just tired, right? And 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 barely on schedule. Well, then give him two issues to uh, give him two issues off, and, and let's go to the other artist. And that's that is the advantage. I will say that I think that. Um, some of the Marvel titles have done this, and then and DC Rebirth has done this too. By like when they announced the book, they were like, "Oh, it's these two artists." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, that's also allowed uh, books like Superman and Action Comics to come out on time, like, to be just, yeah. and consistent. And damn, and, and and damn if it doesn't disrupt the flow of the story. Uh, Superman, you know, is out. It, it feels like it's a weekly book. Yeah, with how, Action Comics, it really does for how consistent yeah. it is, um, and how consistently good it looks. Um, and you know what's yeah, funny? I, oh, I don't know. Go ahead. I was going to say, just like, uh, apropos your comment about uh, giving the artist a break by doing, you know, by having another artist come in for like a two issue run, it also kind of gives your writer a break because it allows them to, to, to put on the breaks and maybe tell a less epic or a more intimate or just a more off the beaten path story. It lets them stretch themselves a little better or it lets them catch their breath. Well, even, they... think, even think about like um, All Star Batman, 
Yeah. Where every arc, we're going to get a different artist. And is that, you know, is that not as good? Well, yeah, I don't know. But, like, we're getting each story with the original artist. So I don't think that's that bad. Right. You know, and I also, I also think, like, um, I'm trying to think of an ongoing comic book that has done that. I, one that doesn't come to my mind. I, I almost wanted to say New X-Men, mm. but I but I know that they replaced Frank quietly because he was too slow, and that's why Ethan Van Scriver got on the book, and then Ethan Scriver got fired, yep. and then <laughs> I can't remember that yeah, uh, Igor or Igor is the other guy that I can't remember oh, his yeah. name. I, he I, popped in. Yep, I remember um, that name, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I has can you can you think has there been an ongoing book that replaced the artist every arc? There's got to be, right? Okay. Uh, you know what's an interesting example? It's not the best example because of how unique it is. Do mm. you remember uh, – this is another Spider example. But do you remember when uh, when they did Brand New Day for Spider-Man? Yes. And they were like – they canceled all the other books. And they said, Spider-Man's coming out three times a month. And we're going to have three different artists and three different writers. And they're going to all work together. And it's going to come out. And there were no major delays as far as I recall – but they had. I don't think there were. Yeah. They, they had. An, they had an arc, and they did it, and then the next group came out, and they did an arc, and then it came, and then that came out, and it was basically like a trade paperback assembly line where they're like, "Here's an arc, boom, out," and it was one writer, one artist, boom, done, next, and they would just rotate, you know, like you would have, you would have like three sets, and then they would just re they just set, reset, and it was like a typewriter, just just go from here, you know, start over, and for with the exception of. Uh retelling the devil storyline again or giving another explanation to the devil storyline mm -hmm. i think brand new day was mostly successful oh yeah i didn't like the direction it went but i thought that the the execution was admirable i thought that the 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 attempt was successful i think that it brought it it did exactly what they wanted to do they wanted to bring in new readers they wanted to inject new lifeblood into the series they created some new characters that they still use today yeah. uh you know the that driver guy didn't make it overdrive but uh, uh well, mr negative also, certainly. I, I would say it's sh it's set the foundation for what i think um, is one of the greatest spider-man runs of all time dan slot dan slot yes uh I, one of the greatest, I'd say, yeah, he's in the top 10, five, maybe? I think he's in the top five. Yeah, definitely top five. Okay, if you were, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say Cause, that. Because name me the other four. Like, like let's objectively do this, okay? Like, well, I would so use Stan, Stan Lee. Stan Lee and, uh, and Ramita. Uh, yeah. I'd say, uh, what's it called? You, uh, Bagley and, and Bendis. Mm, I think you have to give Roger Stern. Yes, Roger Stern was the next one I was going to go with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess Dematteis. Uh, and, uh, well, he See, was... Yeah, because I don't. My other choice would be Straczynski, but since I his, loved Straczynski's run for yeah, a good long time. Yeah, but the problem is, is that his the end of his run almost imploded. Yes. Uh, and so, so I don't know if he makes it onto the list because of that. You know what's funny? I drop like the, whenever anybody asks me what to recommend, I always go with Straczynski's first volume, and then I go, you go with volume one, uh, you go up to Happy Birthday, you skip Skin Deep. You go through New Avengers and then you drop it after New Avengers. Like you're just yeah. You just as have soon as you hit Civil War, just drop. As it. soon as you get Civil War, you can drop it. Uh, if you yep. want to, you can you get some interesting insight into Civil War. But if you don't care about that, just drop it right after New Avengers. Because mm -hmm. um, there's there. It's funny because that with that whole run, there's dips and dives. You know, like the other I think was a, a misstep. But, yeah, the other was a pretty big misstep. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but all his stuff with uh, with with Ramita Junior is gold. Yes. Um, the beginning, the beginning of his that yeah, you're right. The first volume of that I have that in trade is like just awesome. Right? Oh, uh, uh, fighter just reminded me of Jerry Conway's run 
which was also oh that's a good choice iconic. that's a good choice um so yeah i mean i think there's you know it's funny i think it's more like there have been some great writers who had some great runs but uh i, I definitely call dan slot in the top five because the dude oh, his his brand new uh his uh, his big time for me is fa- is fantastic uh, mm-hmm. Spider Island is unparalleled. Yeah. Um, the rest of them, I'm like, eh. but you know, when he first came on, like New Age to Die, I was not a huge fan of, but well, I saw the greatness in him. I was like, ooh, I think I, I see where he's going with this. There, uh, John DeLorenzo asked in the chat. He said, speaking of delays, what about the DC Earth One series, which is oh. an interesting question. Now these are different. These are singular graphic novels. Yes. Now Does those it are they delayed? Like are they Does delayed or do they just? Yeah, I don't think so. Because I don't think. I don't think so either. No, because they're self-contained. They're graphic novels. Yeah. That's like, it, it's like saying you know uh, that like the next uh, Tom Clancy novel is delayed. Like no, it just mm-hmm. it, it takes however long it takes him to draw to, to write them. Like or Game of Thrones. Or Game of Thrones exactly. Although that's part of an ongoing saga. It's like there is <laughs> yeah. an expectation, but there's also because of the delays. I mean, you know. Everyone expects that to be delayed. <laughs> well, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think for me, like the, the idea of delays is that like um, for years, Wonder Woman Earth one was talked about years and years and years. Yeah. And, years. Um, and then uh, Jeff Johns was going to do a Batgirl year uh, Earth one. I remember mm-hmm. that was going to happen for a while. And that seems to have disappeared. Yeah, that's but too bad for books that have never started. Yeah, that's not I a delay. Think... That's just that was more yeah. like they may have gotten ahead of themselves as far as like if if internet comic book reporting didn't exist we'd never even know they had they, they exactly didn't have. and i for me that's a non-issue yeah because who knows like there's so many you know you you find some older creators are coming out now that internet comic book reporting has become the norm you know you got people going uh coming out from the past being like here's some things that almost happened you know you'd hear inklings about it i remember when uh wizard would run an issue about uh or an article about like george perez being like i have some old pages from that rejected jla avengers crossover i was working mm-hmm. on like was that delayed no it was, it was a book that they were thinking about doing perez got excited and drew a few pages and then they decided not to do you know well, like think about this uh, uh you talk about like the ultimate of those delays uh, for me uh the j scott campbell jeff Loeb spider-man run that oh, never happened i remember yeah that I remember being so jazzed for that announcement. Me too, man. I was like, oh, Jeff Loeb's going to write Spider-Man. He, that, that sounds awesome. And J. Scott mm-hmm. Campbell doing all those. And I, I thought that his, you remember when J. Scott Campbell drew every issue of JMS's run for a while? Like he did all those covers. Every cover. It was like every cover. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is like a prelude to his like alternate run on the next series. never came out. Uh, but is that <laughs> delayed? No, it's just that they just did decide not to do that book. They, they got canceled. Like, is the is the new Blade book starring the female Blade delayed? Like, no, that's just that was yeah. a, that was a concept. They got up to like maybe a teaser, and that's the end of it. Like, um, <laughs> now Earth One, man. By the way, just just quality overall. Like, I've I, I've liked every one so far. I wish they would do that more. I've always been a big advocate of the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and DC's doing it right. You know, I remember Marvel played with it with the, with those season one books. And I was like, that was a cool yeah. idea. But it didn't. It didn't quite catch on. Mar- yeah, Marvel hasn't nailed it yet on no. that in that format. That Rage of Ultron book was really good, and they were like, maybe it's in continuity, maybe it isn't. Up, oh, yeah, it is. Okay, well, it's Marvel. Yeah, that that was the, that was the thing. Like that's 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 where you come with problems on that, where you're like, when you can't decide whether it's in continuity or you can't decide on a common theme. The advantage that DC has with that is that they're like, okay, these are all set on this other Earth. Yeah, done. <laughs> oh, apropos our, your talk about uh, J. Scott Campbell and Batman and, and, and Gen 13 and whatnot, bringing it all together. And Danger Girl? Uh, no, well, Danger Girl. I don't know. <laughs> that, I think that book was played with delays as well. 
So it was um, Battle Chasers, man. Yeah. Uh, but do you do you did you remember hearing a rumor about the Batman Gen 13 crossover? No, because I, I, I remember hearing about it. Like Campbell said, I think like after after he stopped drawing Gen thirteen, he was like, "I'm gonna um, I'm late. I'm leaving Gen thirteen to do the Batman crossover." And then they released this this cover image of Batman on a gargoyle with the Gen thirteen cast behind him and it, drawn by Campbell. And I'm like, "This is gonna be ridiculous!" And then it never came out. And it was like, "How far do they get? Was it canceled? Was it, it will will they ever come out with it again?" No. Even though wow. actually they own those characters now, they could do it anytime they want to. It could. That's crazy. I don't. I've never heard of that. Google it. It's a. It's. It's a cool image. It's a. It's a relic. You're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Oh, look at it right now. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a topic that you know. While we've 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 gone in different directions, we've gone all over the place. We've gone all over the map. We've kind of hammered down like there are gonna be delays in event books. There are some ways to combat it. But at the same time, I think that the the fact is they're inevitable, and if you're willing to be patient. They're, they 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 become irrelevant. I mean, yes. I, I don't think there's any book that is finished that encountered a delay that was really significantly harmed by the delay, unless you lost the artist and it had a complete tonal shift. But off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I can't. I can't either. And I, you go right back to Watchmen. Yeah. Nothing. Watchmen was delayed, and nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah. Watchmen <laughs> is delayed, and that's a footnote in its history. That's like yeah, a, that's exactly. an IMDb trivia fact. You know, mm -hmm. as opposed to anything that affects it. You know, you read that book to together and you're like, yeah, right. He must have finished this in all in one sitting. Like, it's all cohesive to the point where it's completely irrelevant. Yep. The delay. In a couple years from now, no one will remember that Secret War is delayed. And we barely remember that the original Civil War was delayed. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. Civil War is touted. I mean, it's, it's so successful. It's a billion-dollar movie franchise. And... That book had significant delays, and I remember those delays. Like I do too. I remember being pissed. Exactly. I remember being like <laughs> outraged by these delays. I'm like, how could they do this? It's only seven issues. How could they take this long? And you know, now who cares? Um, as long as they publish it and they and they and they have quality as their main priority, I don't care really. I mean, like, you know, I think that's really what it is. Just just have a have a have an understanding about where things are. I remember hearing a lot of outrage when Civil War Two was was um, delayed until they heard that Marquez had a baby, and then they were like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Well, that's understandable. You know, fair enough. No, no, no give him some time. Give the man some time. He's a father, for God's sake." You know, I I I actually think that Marvel should have leaned hardcore into it, mm -hmm. and 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 um, had like Brian Michael Bendis because he's an artist. Yeah. Um, draw an image of like um captain marvel and iron man like holding a spider baby <laughs> and being like be like we just got a bundle of joy who like ruined the desk that we're drawing the book on yeah exactly <laughs> yeah at least yeah at least like because that's a that's a beautiful thing it's not mm -hmm. it's it, it to be celebrated it's not like like Assad, like a i was gonna say Assad Rubik. uh david marquez lost someone in his family and so it's like well we're being quiet about it you know it's sad yeah, it's a, it's, no it's, it's something to be celebrated own it you yeah, know it's totally nice because you're just like oh that is a major life event. Yep. I totally understand. It's not just because you're slow and lazy and watching like reruns of Criminal Minds instead of drawing. Right. He went, oh, crap. Where was I? Oh, yeah. yeah. How many issues are we on? Um, I saw a Spider-Batman 97 was like, Ben is a penciler? Yeah, I think he drew. Did he draw Jinx? He drew his he he drew like his first like three or four books. Yeah, because that's uh, yeah. if you ever want to get into publishing your own comics, uh, it's easier if you're a writer artist because mm -hmm. you can you can sell yourself two ways. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. Bendis was a stronger writer than he was a penciler, according to Joe Quesada, which is why he, you know, got the uh, the alias job. There, the he, yeah, there. I've read them. They're they're not. The art is not great. The story no. is good. Exactly. But I, you know, it's <laughs> funny. But I don't think it's amateur. You know, I, I, when I see Bendis's pencils, I don't go like. You, you look at it from the scope of it came out in 2000 and you're like, okay, yeah, this, this is fine. This looks like an indie book. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't it's feel like. It's very indie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he's, 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 he's almost hiding his imperfect. It's like, uh, it's like shooting a monster movie and you know, you have a low budget and you gotta, you gotta play with lighting in order to hide your imperfections. Bendis does that by, it's noir. So I'm going to hide all of my missteps with shadow and black and white. Got it. But uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, that's our topic for today. We're just, you know, we don't necessarily answer the question, although I think we got as close as one can get to solving the delays dilemma. Were we supposed to solve it? No. (laughs) No, but I find that whenever you raise raise a question on the internet, someone always says like, yeah, but like, what's the answer? And it's like, oh, sometimes there isn't. Most of the time, you know, it's all about the journey, man. You got to you got to ask the questions first. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you do that, you go down the rabbit hole, find even more questions. So uh, for us here, on Elseworlds Exchange, I want to thank my special guest Jason Inman. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank and, you for uh, having me, dude. Hopefully, next time, you know, you're you're Jordan. You're welcome to join us anytime you want, man. Oh, I'm gonna take you up on that. Okay, well, you heard it here first, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time on Comic Pop. Thanks a lot for watching. And hey, Jason, anything happening on uh, your channel that you want to promote, plug, or mention before we go? Uh, every week on Wednesdays, I try to give you books that you should read if you like about a certain character. This week I did Blue Beetle because of Blue Beetle Rebirth. So yes. over at YouTube.com slash Jawin, J-W-I-I-N. Um, every Wednesday, I'm going to try to be- pick four comics that you should read. And, and uh, you can always find me on uh, DCL Access as well. Of course, of course, yeah. And congratulations, by the way, of hitting that milestone over there as well. I know, we got a big old live stream coming up on September 2nd. September 2nd, you'll have to check it out. And uh, we'll see you guys next time over here on Comic Pop, by the way, uh, around 8 o'clock tonight, uh, Eastern Time. We're going to drop the episode of uh, of Back Issues. We're doing New Fantastic Four from Ooh. 1990, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Have it's fun with that. It's the most commercialist <laughs> Fantastic Four ever. Everyone was like, you're doing Fantastic Four. Was it Hickman's run? No. Is it, is it Wade's <laughs> run? Nope. It's Walt Simonson's three-issue three run. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you guys next time. So long. <laughs>